everybody, it's your girl Joy has questions coming to you with another amazing episode. Starting off with you guessed it, you better know. Um, today I really wanted to highlight this person. I don't even know how I went down this rabbit hole. You know, sometimes like IG, you just start looking at shit. Um, and the algorithm will become more accustomed to what you like. So my algorithm is always like dogs or looking at random nerdy historical facts. And that's where I stumbled upon Atwe. Now, Atwe is basically um, known as the oldest known, I should say, Cubano revolutionary. So before Che, before Castro, um, he basically burst onto the scene in the 1400s. Uh, I should also say, like, he died. We don't know his birthday, but he died February 2nd, 1512. He was originally from the island of Hispaniola. He was the chief there. He lived in the early 16th century, and then he fled to Cuba during the Spanish conquest. He attained legendary status for leading a group of natives to fight against the invading Spaniards, and so he became one of the first freedom fighters against colonialism in the New World. Um, he is celebrated as Cuba's first national hero. In terms of the history of him, um, in 1511, Diego Velasquez set out from Hispaniola to capture Cuba um, and had to fled. Hispaniola with a party of like 400 um, in canoes to warn other native people in eastern Cuba like Gnosis they're gonna come through they're gonna try and take over everything they're gonna try and put this you know white Christ on us we're not here for it so the messed up thing was that the Taino chiefs in Cuba didn't respond to Atuay's message and very few joined him to fight so he resorted to guerrilla tactics against the Spaniards for a time, he was able to confine them. Um, they killed at least eight Spanish soldiers, but eventually, um, this is so sick, but yes, eventually the Spaniards, they couldn't take anymore because the Spaniards were using mastiffs, like those big, huge dogs that are like baby brothers of cane corsos. They were torturing the native people for information. And they basically captured him. He was tied to a stake and burned alive at Yara on February 2nd, 1512. Now, the reason why he goes down in history is because the story of what happened leading up to him being, you know, set aflame as he was tied to a tamarind tree, mind you. So the priest asked him if he would accept Jesus and go to heaven. So this is what he told him. Atuay, thinking a little, asked the religious man if Spaniards went to heaven. The religious man answered, yes. The chief then said without further thought that he did not want to go there, but to hell so as not to see where they were and where he couldn't be around such cruel people. This is the name and honor that God and our faith have earned. To the end, a complete gangster. Now the reason why I even found out about him is because he is the logo of a Cuban cigar and a cigarette brand, Cohiba, that has his picture. But also, it is a beer that is brewed, that is owned by the Bacardi Company that has his face on it. So what money is going to the descendants? And clearly, like, I'm not talking about actual bloodline, right? But what money is going to the descendants of these Afro-Cuban or these Afro-Latino, or I should say native indigenous peoples who sat there and fight, fought for their right to live. It just makes you think in terms of everywhere we are surrounded by brands that have benefited on the backs, the blood, the sweat, the story, the fame, or the infamous, 
infamy, I should even say, of our people. But do we get any equity in that? Let's also think about that as we all just sat here and spent, not me, but as I know everyone else just sat here and spent all this time watching that weak-ass Super Bowl because from what I heard, it was super lackluster and the Patriots won like they always do. But how quickly were we willing to sit there and go, man, fuck Kaepernick and the movement. I'm here to see Cardi B twerk it up on stage with the owner of the Patriots or everyone else for that matter. It's things like that that just make my head explode. What did our revolutionaries before us fight for? Like, what is the point if we're going to take all their lessons and completely ignore them? Just something to think about, guys. Um, Moving right along into my amazing episode, I will be introducing my guests right about now. Hello, black people. It is another black ass day. (laughs) Woo. Child the ghetto. Let me know. I'll, I'll brighten this up. Hey, everybody. It's your girl Joy has questions coming to you on Super Bowl Sunday. Ain't nobody with cap no more. So everyone is eating tostadas and making chili mac and <laughs> corn dogs and just jazz hands for the man. So we're, I am going to get it started. I have, when I say this person is... My one of my confidants, my everything, my go-to. I am so proud of him in terms of developing himself into this PR maverick that he is. Um, sickening ensembles all the time. He is a very straight, no chase type of individual. He truly is like that uncle that comes through, drops the twenty off to the kids, and was like, "I'm not dealing with this toxic ass family," and leaves. Oh, and I just can't wait to see him like rich because I'm like the mentality's there. So, oh, bitch, when he gets a cape in 2025, it is going to be some shit. Oh god, he's literally gonna come in like with the staff, like Moses. Bitches, where's the buffalo chicken dip? I don't have time for this. And who has my doilies? No, I'll be vegan by then. Ah, yes. But no, I have the one and only, my my friend, one of a, the most amazing PR people you will meet. I have Josh Darden sitting here with me today. Hi, boo. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I, I've never been introduced like that before. See, so. I, you know, I appreciate how whenever I introduce people, they're just like... I've never gotten that. I no, I, I I sound impressive. Thank you. You are impressive. <laughs> I don't fuck with average. Like you're very impressive. I love you. So I, I try. I try. Ooh. Yes. I mean, come on, you're pulling off tomato red in the middle of winter. Hello. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's a feat. <laughs> okay. Can't everybody do that? How many bitches I know walking around looking like a tomato ragu? Like <sighs> I actually thought this was like an orange, and then I got it home, and I was like, okay, I've committed. I like it. Mary would approve. That's all that matters. Oh, Mary. We're going to move right into so according to IG. I I had a completely different, we talked about this, I had a completely different, like, list. I mean, we might touch on it lightly, but today, the world has just exploded. Oh, in the past 12 hours, there's just been... Niggas! Just very Negroidian behavior. It's just <laughs> exploded. I have no idea. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to take it from the top. Okay, well, with us, number one, surviving the cold streak that happened, um, I definitely tried to find homeless people to at least pat. My coworker was a sweetheart. She actually gave me bus cards. Like, oh. she found me on Instagram, which I was just like, oh God. But, because I was just like, <laughs> 
church and state, keep it separate. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, um, she found me on IG, and then I had done like a story saying like, if there's anyone who knows like how to prep for the homeless community, like let me know. And so she was like, I got a whole bunch of bus cars, and I I took them from her. I was sick as a dog. I couldn't find anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved how there were stories of people actually using common sense and being helpful. Um, I gave her back the bus cars because, you know, I'm not trash. I'm like, thank you so much, sweetie. But there was no one yeah, on the streets. Thank God. Right. But still, the death toll was just ridiculous. Um, but I saw like that woman who on her own dime, like put up 70 homeless people mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. hotel um, just to at least be helpful. Uh, I personally just. When it comes to the city, we fight on everything. What what was your emergency plan for this situation? Right. There was a man. I cannot get that image out of my head. He froze to death mm-hmm. on the streets. What is wrong with, like, <sighs> city council? I'm like, who is sitting in these positions? Because y'all clearly are out of touch and don't need your jobs. But, but... Chicago, the Chicago politicals and this how Chicago politics are as a whole is enough to make you want to pull your hair out. I'm bald, so it would, <laughs> it would be eyelashes and eyebrows at this point. But um, just pull your beard. It's yeah, like, I've had enough. I've had enough. To your point, though, it's kind of sad how there is no plan, no contingency plan. Yeah, like it's it's really. Now let somebody threaten nine finger rom and they will shut the city down. Like everybody will have a fucking curfew. Well, we saw what happened when his son got mugged for his iPhone. They shut that whole damn block down. Oh, true. So I they mean, were like, until y'all do right by us, it got very color purplish. It did. Like, I mean, you know, they took that child's iPhone eight plus three dash i don't know whatever the hell the phone was and like they shut the block down i'll never forget when for whatever reason he was in roosevelt university the gauge building and i was in college and i was on the verge of being late to macy's mm-hmm. or Mar- i always call it marshall but the one i worked in right there uh off of state street and i was trying to get out the building and i saw like a bunch of big burly black men and all these suits i'm like what is this what's happening it looked like a bunch of michael michael clark duncan's just blocking the entry and so then like you know he's nothing more than like five six five seven he is the quintessential napoleon complex Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i remember like i'm trying to get into like miss you have to wait the mirrors like i literally snapped i was like i I think he heard me i'm like i was like I don't care about him. I have to get to work. Like, move. <laughs> I'm like, don't nobody care about him being in my school. And, like, I moved. And I left. But that's the thing. Like, this city is so much based on clout mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, all this other stuff. I personally, I don't know what would be, would be harder to try and get a position, a political position in Chicago Ugh. or running in, in the deep South. Like, I don't know which is harder. Uh, the connections that you have to have. But then I asked the question, did you want a position in Chicago politics? I mean, uh, you I, have to be willing to be dirt. I won't say this to ever impugn anything bad on the beloveds. Yeah. You know who I'm referring to. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to say their names, but I'm like, 
You cannot be a Chicago politician and not be dirty. No, you just you, you may you, not get caught. Yeah, you have something on you. I mean, even and your team might be tight, but don't tell me that you came up in the trenches. Because mm, mm, yeah, and you know we won't say any names, but yeah, even they probably have some skeletons in their closet. So, I mean, Chicago politics is just. You just gotta lay down and it's roll a in the special dirt. belly of the beast mm-hmm. like a special belly um yeah i just even with the case with lightly with amara mm-hmm. um not la negra amara running for mayor of chicago different I, I what is her last name that child last name inaya e oh, i don't know and to be honest i do not want to be disrespectful and butcher yeah. her name so i'm not even going to sit there and that try makes one of us so exactly but what i will say is that I'm really interested in the fact that she has not accepted an endorsement from Dorothy Brown, who is under federal <laughs> investigation. Old. Now, Dorothy Brown is an old time crook. Mm. Like she a she a matter. She I from I don't even call her Dorothy Brown. That's Auntie Dot. TC Dot is. <sighs> Lord. I remember Pets. watching her husband and her up there when she had gotten her her acceptance. I'll never forget. I knew something was wrong. I'm like, why is this woman's acceptance or concession speech for this election at the shrine? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Like, I was so perplexed. I'm like, you clubbing my neck? Like, what is happening? Yeah. That yeah. woman scares There's not a lot of people in this city that I'm like, I would fuck around and get on Bafia Reddy's bad side before I got on hers. Because she can be vindictive. From what I've heard. She is not nothing nice that you want to mess with. And then on top of it, she reminds me of that episode of the Boondocks when Riley's ghetto ass was sitting there trying to uh, monopolize Perm. And Jennifer Lewis played the the connect that was like, I'll fuck this whole block up. (laughs) Like, that's Dorothy Brown to a T. Dorothy Dorothy Brown's foundation is never matched, so therefore I know she has nothing to lose. So, there's that. Like, yeah, I said it. When this man was literally sitting here on Channel 7 from prison and was just like, I did not commit the crime that I'm in jail for, and I can't even prove it because her office basically sent me up my bad letter because they lost his evidence for the case. Mm. So basically they're like, well, our hands are tied. But I'm like, but how is he supposed to prove his innocence when you can't even provide him with the documentation he <clears throat> needs for his innocence? I will say in regards to the mayoral race, I read all like almost all 11 of the candidates came to this like town hall meeting that was like thrown by various women groups <laughs> in the city of Chicago and it was interesting to me to hear Tony Perwinkle 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 mm. um Mm-hmm. wax poetically about how we lost Amazon and it's been shown that cities that take on Amazon you end up losing in the long run because rents go up. There's more homelessness. Like, look at what Google and Amazon did to Seattle. I was about to say San Francisco. There's people literally out there. And this isn't me, like, finding a check or to be extra. And I'm not even trying to bring, like, day work into the city. But this is something just logic. Mm -hmm. You can look this up on search Mm -hmm. engines. 
on average, tech employees make 112% higher than, say, like, advertising employees. Like, you, you can be doing the same AE job, and somebody will be making literally triple what you are currently making. And so that's the thing where it's like, when you are in that space in, in San Francisco, there's people making six figures that are like, I can't pay rent. Mm-hmm. That rent is like $4,000, and that will get you a box. I, I'm not even talking like, oh, bitch, we balling out with a penthouse. Mm-hmm. No, that will get you a foot, a square foot. You could put a coat somewhere. <laughs> and a lot of people don't realize that this is what is now happening to Chicago. Oh, definitely. I live in Woodlawn, born and raised in Woodlawn, and... The stuff that I see happening, the quick gentrification with the Obama library and, you know, we just got a a big hotel built on like 57th and Stony Island. Just little things that that's big overall. And the University of Chicago buying everything east of 61st and Woodline. Or changing, uh, getting the city to change uh, county lines. Yeah. Yeah. So now so High Park technically goes all the way to State Street, yeah. where it used to stop at Cottage. Yeah, or like it stopped at Cottage, and then coming back towards where I live, it stopped at Fifty Eighth mm-hmm. in Stony Island. Now it encroaches farther down, damn near breaching in the South. Isn't shore. it beautiful how now there's a jewels in the community? Yeah, when you know we were a food desert and you had to travel. You know, XYZ mouse. Now you can just conveniently walk to your local Jewel Oscar. I'm telling you now, if I see a quinoa bar in that bitch, I'm literally tossing everything in the air. Like, well, get ready to be mad because there's a juice bar opening up at the 63rd Green Line. Stop. There's a gr- there's a green bar, green juice bar that's going to open up inside of the train station. You are a lie. No, man, I saw it and gagged. So, it's coming. And the whites are coming. And Oh, they're there. Oh, yeah. This is this new age, like, there these brave pilgrims. Oh, Look at them taking a chance Girl. amongst people that don't even know. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Girl, I got off the bus one morning. I stopped and looked at her and whispered, get out. <laughs> <laughs> you and your urban outfitters. Fisherman hat. Let me see a Birkenstock up in Cosmo 63rd. I'm going to raise that bitch to the ground. I like, how dare you? lost my shit. All that education went out the window. All of that. No, get out. You know the thing for me that I'm like, I wish Bronzeville and Woodline and South Shore. South Shore to me does a better job. But I wish everyone would have taken a page out of Inglewood's book. Inglewood was like, we ain't selling shit. And y'all motherfuckers gonna work with us mm-hmm. before you think you kicking us out. Because you can raise property taxes. But I'm like, but if people dig in and ain't selling their property, you can't kick them out. Look what U of I did to Pilsen. It is sad. It is sad. You literally went in there and gutted that community that was... We'll leave a mural up yeah. there for you. Yeah, we'll leave a mural. But what used to be full of taquerias and, you know... Culture. Cu- thank you. It's now full of vintage shops. And Taco Bells. And, and antique stores or, you know, the gentrified version of what taco and, tacos and Mexican food used to be. And just 
that used to be a bustling neighborhood for people right. who were Mexican. It's sad. I worked I worked in that community for two years and I was coming in at the beginning of them being gutted. And to go back over there now It's a completely different a complete, Yeah. You have rents that are like three I think I saw a two bedroom apartment for thirty one hundred dollars. I am on like different, you know, dating apps or whatever. Nothing makes me want to just scream more than when I see these super successful guys living in Cabrini Green. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, get the fuck out of here. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or no, no, Seward Park. Yeah. It's, it's no longer Cabrini. It's, it's sad. And, you know, I know people, especially some of the older black people, they're like, oh, we need a change. We need a change. And I, but it then doesn't include you, them, Grandma. And I turned to them and said, well, you know, you are not part of that plan. Right. I have a better chance of holding on. Than you do, because the building that I live in is a mixed income building. I'm pre- I know that the thousand dollars that I pay a month, my neighbor is only paying twenty five dollars, but I'm comfortable with that because I would rather she pay the twenty five dollars and I pay the thousand dollars because I can afford to do that and to offset it and, and to offset it because. I don't come from... We were raised on low-income housing and Section 8 and food stamps and stuff like that. So now I feel like it's my way of paying it forward. But a lot of people don't see it like that. They only want to be amongst people who they think are worthy or who are of the same ilk, so to speak. And that's who they want to live next to. I will, however, give kudos to the Caprini Green um, gentrification project because there was a lot of CBAs and clauses that went into that development of that area where yeah like that rich uppity uh, what do they call them? Not, yuppies? Uh, buppies. What the fuck is a buppy? A black yuppie. Excuse me? That sounds like a ridiculous teletubby. Y'all don't want to be called no damn buppy. <laughs> it's a buppy. Yeah. Upperly mobile black folk. And the yuppies, the ones who move into that area. That's called Cousin Derek from Soul Food. Like, that ain't... (laughs) (laughs) But I say all that to say, they made it where I think 70% of those properties had to be mixed income. So you literally have people who are paying $12. You have people who are paying the full market rent because that's real life. That's the real world. I shouldn't be pushed all the way out to Algale Gale Gardens and no shade to anybody who come from there or lives out there. Right. But those areas are not set up for people who live in there to thrive. It's, it's not set up for people who don't even have cars. Yeah. It's like the suburbs, if point. you don't have a whip, you are screwed. And that's my point. There's one bus in and one bus out and that one bus does not take you downtown. Where are all the jobs at? Downtown or downtown adjacent. There's no job. Do you out have there. money to factor Metro every month? No. Exactly. So, you know, and then that bus stops running at like an ungodly time. Like, I think the eight last, o'clock. yeah, like Sounds eight or stupid. nine o'clock. So, you know, people don't look at the bigger picture. Yeah, you, you're paying for all these luxury fixtures and stuff like that, but you're not realizing that the family who grew up here and who raised generations of family here, you've now pushed them out of these areas where they can no longer compete and, and, and not even compete, but thrive. They can't live anymore. I mean, that's just the, you know, the 20 year flip, if you will, that always happens. Mm-hmm. Like when a different, you know, white people want the suburbs, like, now they want we going to go there. Now they want the city. And I actually sat back and looked the properties 
Because, you know, like, I lived in the South Loop for, like, what, a year. And I loved it. And I felt like when I got this job, I'm like, yes, I'm about to be back. Like, doing my George Jefferson. And then I looked up and I was just like, when did these prices jump? And I just wasn't reconciling myself to spending that type of money. Like, I just couldn't do it. Or I wasn't going to do it. So I'm just like, Hyde Park is just fine for me, sis. But... It it's always like just one step ahead. Like what yeah. do you think? And even when I was looking at like the Ebony Jet building is now getting turned into condos. That's so sad. That breaks my soul. That is sad. How That's... is that not a museum? How is that not, you know, so he was I can't. I can't. Like and I, I actually looked up, it's like eight twenty South Michigan. They were like, Look now for like new, you know, apartments and you know they're going to have a shit ton of, mm-hmm. you know, black cultural things. There ain't nobody black gonna live up in there. No. One thousand no. Michigan, that glass one that's like two doors over from the ebony building, don't even have price points attached. <laughs> and Vista Chicago. I sent the link to our you know, our friend Amanda. I was like, let me just put it this way. This is a new level of wealth downtown that's taking over when you choose your apartment based on or your backsplash for the entire apartment based on the precious stones that you want. Do you want topaz? Do you want sapphire? Do you want um, amethyst? Or do you want benzonite? Now, if you think that's getting pulled out of a quarry to be sent, or oh no, I forgot cobalt. There, that was the last one. Not Ben Snipe, it was cobalt. <laughs> there are no price points attached to that building at all. You easily looking at two point one million dollar condos. Mm-hmm. Ain't no renters in there. Mm-mm. It just makes you go like, "Woo, child! This city is it's Chicago is changing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely changing. It's not as flavorful as it once was. It's not, and I honestly don't see me here in the next five years. I just think one, I'll probably either be priced out or two, I'm gonna not even that, but like I've told myself like, uh, Chicago, it's a good jumping point. I've been here thirty years, but." Let's move on. I think. Oh no! Yeah, Christian chorale music all the time, <laughs> all the time. They'll give you a "Jesus Loves You," then a Kurt Cobain moment. Is this, all, is this like live acoustic? Are they strumming? I don't even. I'm at the point now. Just so you all know, people, we're talking about our upstairs neighbors and how no matter what we do, they always just seem to start their you know live band jam sessions when I'm recording. <laughs> My next door neighbor, she, when I know it's either payday or, you know, baby daddy. The one that be checking your Uber Eats? Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no, I was about to be like, that bitch her. is rude. Not her. Like, she, that, that's an older woman. But oh, my, no. She's not a bitch. I mean, she's older. Fine. Yeah, she's the older one. But my next door neighbor, uh, I know it's a good day when I hear, uh, lick it, baby, stick it, baby, lick it, baby. Yeah. And, uh... The the day that we had those two cold snaps, her and her kids were having a juke party. And around, I want to say, 12.30 a.m., I hear, fuck it up, Kaya, fuck it up, fuck it up. This is the mom to the oldest daughter. And I just said, well, you know. Well, this ain't a y'all fix my life episode you know, waiting to happen. Me and my parents, we play Monopoly. So, you know, everyone has a tradition, I guess. <laughs> 
thought, you know, who am I to judge? Where were you and your mama taught you how to twerk? Yeah, how to yeah, how to do the crybaby. Too much. Outside of that, clearly the Super Bowl is happening right now. Is it? In the blackest city in this country. And I just find it so I'm with Cap. Everybody bought the t-shirts and froze their hair out and retweeted. And that shit didn't mean nothing. I feel like Martin Luther King, when he came back in that Boondock episode, (laughs) was like, fuck y'all ungrateful ass niggas. I'm moving to Canada. I did not fight for this. I So I made a status on Facebook. I just thought it was just so hilarious that... We all were like, fuck the NFL, you know, take the knee, yada, yada, yada. It's how black, fuck y'all. But the day that it was announced that the NFL was coming to the blackest ass city in these continents of the United States of America, America, uh, I said, oh, this is strategic. It's it's, totally. it's it's all part of the PR marketing plan. We're not that racist. See? And funny enough, there was a video clip, uh, I think it was either on Twitter or Instagram, of uh, Colin Kaepernick's mural. The mural. Was demolished. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, you Strategic. Act- yes. Every, out of all Every, the times. You invite the most... <laughs> Uh, flamboyant of the current current uh, rap scene, the ones who you know are going to get you clicks, views, and shares. This was all strategic. Future running around here looking like Mary J. Blige on her off day. I mean, do we really expect greatness from Nevadius though? No. no, but you know, it, it's just it's just crazy because we were literally this time last year. Fuck the, fuck the NFL. We had our t-shirts, and to your point, we were all fraud out. Not me so much, but the sentiment was there. And now it's all good in the hood. We 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 eating buffalo chicken dip. We ordering wings, and you know, there's a henny toast. I'm pretty sure going on somewhere. And Birdman's finally paying his debts to YG and other people that he bet on the games. You with. know, so it's just it's just a wow. Okay, we're really doing this. I think the biggest thing for me in the situation is just seeing how this is an excellent example of why the it's not right. Because, you know, people still know what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an excellent example of when it comes to the excuses that people make as to why they don't take black people seriously in terms of our fight for freedom is because we don't take ourselves seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is a very good example of it. Now, I know that there's things that aren't 100% one way and 100% the other. And to be quite honest, if I got rid of everything in my life that quote unquote was anti-black or, or problematic for people of color or marginalized groups in general, I would be left with lift every voice and sing and a shoestring. Like I would have nothing. Everything in this world is tied to something at times that is problematic. Yeah, I mean, hell, I... I feel some kind of way every time I use my damn chase card. I mean, it's the chase card. 
the cobalt that's in our phones that yeah. little African kids are digging out, you know, yeah. for quarries. I'm yeah. like working 12 hour days and I'm like, and not seeing money given back to the community or to the neighborhood. It's the diamond mines that even when you try and look up, they pulling out still like 87 carat diamonds. Mm. I'm like, how can you be in somebody else's country pulling out their own minerals or their literally their wealth? And then you give them 10%. How does that work, It's sis? just like this country. Oh, God, I read this story. I forget what is the name of the dish or the... Oh, Haiti, the soup. Are you talking... Oh, Mm-mm, sorry. This is, this is in, I think, either Ethiopia. It may be Haiti, where this uh, Dublin comp- uh, company um, made it where... I forget what African country or... Um, I forget. Anyway, they bought the name of this food item. So now no other native people from, I think it's either Haiti or Ethiopia, but they can't use that name anymore to sell this product because they went and bought the rights to it. They trademarked it. I just think that is just another prime example. I'm actually going to look this up right now. I think it was like Hoisey... Yeah, it was some type of... Beer. It was either a beer or some type of, like, pastry. It was something. And it's just like, wow, y'all are just that damn low down. Um, let me see where it was. This Cuban beer. Um, if it's the last thing I do. Basically, it was a, a Native American... <coughs> oh, Hatui. Here's the name of it. Um... So, Hatui, he's actually about to be my, you better know, he's going to be the first Afro-Latino that I focus on. And I don't even want to say Afro-Latino, but just like a person of color. But when we're talking about, like, everything around us is used as a joke or very disrespectful, he was literally burned alive. Um, He fled to Cuba to try and warn the native people in Cuba, like, yo, Columbus is not what you want. He's going to come like he's all nice, but he actually is the devil. And he's going to come through and try and take over. And they didn't believe him. So he got captured in Cuba and then he got um, burned alive. But the whole point of it is how he was saying, like, before they asked him, they were like, do you want to accept Christ and not get burned? And he told them, he was like, well, do y'all believe in heaven? And they were like, of course we do. He was like, well, where do y'all think y'all going when y'all die? He was like, well, we're going to heaven. And he told them, he was like, then y'all can burn me now because I don't want to see y'all in heaven. (laughs) And I was just like, if that ain't the most gangster ant, but that made sense. He was like, if your God allows you to do this, he was like, I don't want to be with y'all in heaven. He was like, that don't make you just going to torture me there too. But the thing or the reason why I'm bringing it up is because he, his name was bought by the Bacardi Rum Company. So this is a beer. How do you commercialize the oldest known Cuban revolutionary and then who was like literally martyred? They burned him to a tree mm-hmm. like after torturing him for hours. And I'm just like, and this is just a fun, quirky beer for y'all to drink. Like there's statues <coughs> all over, you know, in Cuba, but he was tied to a tamarind tree plant and they burned him. Oh, God, please tell me it's not a tamarind-flavored beer. Oh. Oh, Jesus, be offense. I mean... That is just be... Oh. Mm. It's just things like that that just make you go, like, what is this world that we live in, you know? Where it's like, 
you constantly see everybody profiting on black people mm-hmm. or the victimization of people of color. And then even we ourselves don't give a fuck about it. And that's why Maroon 5, I heard, had that dry-ass performance that wasn't even good. And he couldn't hit his notes. So he might want to think careful the next time he on The Voice telling somebody they were flat. I just hope PJ Martin wasn't playing keyboard. The black guy? Yeah. <sighs> I just pray. Oh God. My cousin like stands for him. She I thinks he so. is so artistic and all I, this other stuff. She's smiling crazy now. I'm just like he has several songs on his album. It's this one called Religion and Baby. When I first heard it, I threw my shoe across the room. So I mean, he's one of my favorites <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> you know. She- legit like that's her smile if i told you he was good you know me and cuz are over here like standing like through <laughs> psychosis or whatever like because you know but he's really good and i'm i'm pressed that i didn't go see him at the promissory when them tickets was like ten dollars because you know once he went out these gaggle of grammys this year he's gonna be like uh, he ain't at the promissory no more oh no oh no <laughs> Girl, like, like when i got to see beyonce for a hundred dollars where at the United Center. What tour was this? This was, I think, B Day. Oh, wow. And, yeah, that's I when can, her yeah, and I can see outfits the, and rhinestones came from Michael's, not yeah, Crystal's. You know, she was looking like every denim and diamond ball from Dallas, Houston. Like, she just looked very Texas. And yeah, I saw her for $100. Like, I was so close, I could see the lace on her wig. Wow. Yeah. I feel like she's had an evolution. You know, I have my own opinion of Beyonce. I definitely respect her as a businesswoman. Her wigs are now, like, undetectable. So, you know, that's just I shows growth. Her hair has grown, though, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. that picture where her mama is like, I'm so happy my baby's like, that clearly, I guess, is her hair. Yeah. And I just want to point out to all you motherfuckers who had something to say about Blue Ivy and how her hair was all unkempt, look at it now. And where are your edges? It's a matter of it ain't even being unkempt. It's just a matter of like, let her hair grow. You don't touch it. You don't put a kitty perm in it. You ain't giving her her first lace front at four. You leave this baby hair alone and look at it. She just has hair for days. Exactly. And it's more hair than grown women. And it's so going to get longer. Like, I just wanted to say that. I don't know what part of the show that fits into. This but one. I just wanted to say that because, you know. No, that totally makes sense. Um, let's also talk about this crazy shit. 21 Savage got detained by ICE. Oh, girl. What the heck? What in the tea and crumpets is going on in this country? So, I was minding my black ass business. And I got several people sending that shit to me through tags. And I just... I just turned my phone off. I said, this is some bad joke. Uh, I don't know if Trump or whoever runs the NFL nowadays, I don't know if they got mad at him because he turned down performing. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But if he is from like Brighton or he's like some cherry chip from across the pond. I mean, I can see him from Brixton. give Give him his things now. Give him his things now, because, I mean, this is a hell of a performance. I, it's making me go back to all his interviews. Like, I didn't hear a twinge of an accent. At all. Because I'm all. like, birth to 14, those are formative years. Like, you, that'll linger. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, 
if he is from Brighton, because I'm going to paint the narrative that he's from Brighton. What's Brighton? Brighton. Because <laughs> I know Brixton is Bright- where Brighton is where all the weird, like, artistic queer folk live in the UK. Uh, Not that he's queer or anything. And if he was, there'd be nothing wrong with that. But I just, I just want to paint that narrative because I can see him, like, pomping down a cob, a cobble brick roll in, like, a Doc Martin and a long leather trench. Me too. And, you know, well, no, because that's just what I want to wear when I finally get to London, but I digress. <laughs> um, Get the London look. Yeah, no, like I tell Amanda, our friend Amanda and my, our friend Mikeisha, like my, I have this dream that I'm gonna be pumping down a cobble brick road, and I'm just gonna throw my leather trench off. I and mean, they, and they're like, "Well, where the hell are you going? Who's gonna pick the coat up?" I said, "Just go with go it. Go with it. Just go with Let it. Let my vision go through, please." But yeah, Twenty One Savage. I just looked at it in a sense of like when he was singing, you know, about bitches and, you know, all this other craziness is fine. Now he out here talking about, you know, like financial equity literacy. and financial literacy and put the chains right. down. Now everybody's like, now nope, let's let's do a background check. <laughs> what do you make of this like new Yandy, the the activist and saving kids? And it's a wave, um, just like, you know, her natural hair. I, OK, let me not. Let me not maybe Yandy has been doing stuff like this all along. And we never knew about it. I mean, because there's stuff that I do and I don't broadcast it, you know, but maybe this is something that she does and now she's like, well, I want to use my platform and now I want, you know, more people to get involved or whatever. I was told she ran in that jail and that's what got her ass maced. So... You know, y'all can laugh. <laughs> not funny. No, it's not because it's those not truly funny. were inhumane it's conditions. Not funny. But I did see that but one picture of her. That picture of her laid out with her eyes rolled in the back of her head. <laughs> Don't she look like what's that show that come on Netflix? It's the little animated show. We're in the world's conversation. Nah, you the one about the hormones. Oh, the Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Don't she look like the little monster off Big Mouth? I'm not going to comment on that. I'm sorry. I, this... <laughs> Y'all I think don't she see was in shock. Like... No, but like, even when she's not like, you know, she looks like the, especially when she had them big god I mean, she... lashes on. Yeah, she's a pretty even... girl. Who is? Yeah, I think Gabby's pretty. In a like, you know. In a kinkachu kind of way. <laughs> that was rude. <laughs> um, here's my thing. Me, me. <laughs> Yeah, they for real. No, hello. <laughs> I'm spot on with like my, you know. You are. Yeah, like, um, who else? You know, I go hard for her, but like, Brandy looks like a salamander. And when, like, I was thinking a newt, but they're similar. They're of the same, you know, they're, they're cousins. What's the one in Mexico? Because this is it's a specific salamander. They start the is it a Yucatel? Anyway. Okay, what we're not going to do is okay. have this full-on nature PBS moment. Like, no, it was the episode two weeks ago. You saw that one. Well, the only reason, like, all this is, like, fresh in my mind, I was at a baby shower, and one of the games yesterday was, like, you had to guess the name of, like, baby animals, and naturally my geeky-ass one 
It was like a Dollar Tree candle, so I gave it away. But <laughs> don't be sleep on Dollar Tree products. I just got oh, that. Oh no, no shade, no shade. I'm I'm a TJ TJ Maxx kind of girl. But they have the best stuff. Yeah, TJ Maxx is where I get all my skincare from. So it's keeping this thirty year old mug from cracking. So don't sleep. Um, I have a question though. How do we feel about Beyonce and Jay Z peddling this like vegan? Um, food delivery service for concert tickets. I think everything they do is, I think everyone needs to look at them as the brand that they are and as an investment. It's no different than what Jay-Z did when he was like, you can listen to Tidal. He handed out all those free vouchers at his 444 tour where you could listen to Tidal for like, I think, three months. Mm. I'm like, that's a return on the investment because I'm like, if everyone turned around and then got Tidal memberships i'm like that alone he'd have flipped his money two times over so i'm like people need to understand (coughs) like they have stock in this company Mm -hmm. so i'm like this is also based on like ways to diversify their portfolio and make money title tricked me twice how i really i was really because everyone knows this about me if you don't know you're gonna notice now i'm a huge sean Corey carter fan He's like one of my, he's, I think he is my favorite rapper, alive at least. And so when 444 came out, I said, oh my God, I'm so thirsty. I need to hear this now. T- turned around and put the shit on Apple Music the next week. But the title, because you know, anytime they do something, they put it on title first. And I've, I've ran out of emails at this point. <laughs> So, I think what I ended up doing was I accidentally reactivated my subscription through uh, Apple. And, like, I got hit with $12.99. And I'm like, hold hold the fuck up. Wait, no, this is free. I've never done this, but it was at a point in time where I was not making a lot of money. I needed that $12.99. That was the difference between me eating that week or that day and listening to $4.44. I opted for the burrito ball. So Which had, will stretch you out if yeah. done correctly if you, two listen, days. Listen, <laughs> like, if you get the rice and beans and you ask for tortillas on the side, yeah. you will eat. That is dinner and breakfast. You will be fine. So, extra corn. It, bulk it up, kids. Okay? Um, I mean, it, there's a reason why Chipotle got us through college. Oh, no, I couldn't even afford Chipotle. You know who saw me through my darkest of times? I'm getting a little misty thinking about it. Seven <laughs> Eleven. Oh yeah, those two for two twenty breakfast little, specials. The little Tokitos. Let me tell you something. I, them buffalo chicken Tokitos was everything. Buffalo chicken, Mexican chicken. What is Mexican chicken? I don't know. I right. don't know, but it sustained me. Is that the country? No, yeah, okay. it's it sustained me. So shout out to Seven Eleven. They the one next to um. This is when I went to Harold Washington. I'm telling all my business. This is when I, I went to Harold Washington. It was next to uh. Bex oh Bucks. yeah, that one that was next to um Bex Baskin Bu- Robbins across the street. Huh? Wait, where are you talking about? It, okay, it was near the bookstore Bex. So, there's the Panda Express. There's the so yeah, that's Seven Eleven. So this is the this this is like Harold Washington lore. So everyone knew who went to Harold Washington. You got a, a a refund check because that's what sustains you. This is what kept the girls in fresh micros. This is what kept the niggas in the latest J's. So you would get your refund check, and Harold Washington at the time gave you a book voucher 
worth seven hundred dollars. But if you were a smart, you know, Pikachu like me, you went and bought an iPad and then downloaded all the books in the PDF form. So that seven hundred dollars, he pocketed that. So smart little cookie. So there was the introduction to business law. That book was $325. He ain't paying that. So what I did was I uh, bought a, a Dropbox account. I uploaded that book. And anybody who wanted it in my class, they had to pay me $10 for it. So, ahead, you know, while you girls were selling burn CDs. <laughs> I was over here selling knowledge. I was selling knowledge. No, uh, what was I about to say? Actually, the way I wound up keeping a lot of my money, I just went through the... Um, a lot of people at the time didn't realize like all the colleges in the country are linked in the library system. So I, I just rented too. all my yeah, books yeah, yeah, yeah. I and sent them too. bitches back at the end of the semester. I was like, thank you. Chegg was number one. Oh, hell yeah. Man, you taking me back. Chegg was Chag everything. Chegg was that girl. We love her. Now these kids out here just IGing and flicking it up and that's how they keeping all their money. You, oh, girl, don't even get me started. I'm like, was I wrong or was I right? I mean, you know, morals. But no, even getting back to just Jay and Beyonce, I mean, I ain't gonna knock they hustle. I don't, like, the healthiest I ever was in my life was when I was vegan. It really, mm. truly was. I was like, cold shaped. I everything. was vegan, but then, you know, you and another friend, we won't say who, uh, these bitches thought I had an eating disorder. Okay, so and, what and we're not gonna do? <laughs> time, no, because if we're gonna tell this story, we're gonna tell it correct. We you hadn't know. seen you in a while, <laughs> and the next time we saw you, I saw clavicle. I was concerned, clavicle, darling, clavicle. And I was legit like, "Well, are you gonna talk to her?" Like. <laughs> He's talking about our friend Amanda. The point is, we have one thing about our friendship which keeps us honest amongst one another. And that is, if either of us has a problem, we vent to each other all the time, sometimes about each other. But we still will be like, yeah, she told me you was mad, bitch. So what's the problem? What's the tea? So we, me and Amanda were on the phone, damn near on some rock, paper, scissors shit, trying to figure out like... Well, who was going to say, I don't, I'm not trying to throw him off his journey. Like, cause my concern was like, I don't want him to be like, well, fuck everything and go deep sea diving in fried chicken wings and buffalo dip. Joy has question listeners. It was the most snatched <laughs> I had ever been. I was I a size. Thought about, I was like, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. He get any smaller. I he's going to drop us. I was a size 34, a medium large shirt. <laughs> The way that the Zara Fall Collection just draped. <laughs> oh God, I'm getting misty because I tried to put on one of those coats today and it would it wouldn't have me. Oh no. I think the thing is though, I will say this, you have done an excellent job of like still loving yourself and at least being like, Yes, this happened. I may not be in that medium large Zara collection, oh, but no, you I still put that, I put I put her on Poshmark because I'm no I'm not getting back in it. That is just You like, can't go Oh no, <laughs> no. That level of commitment <laughs> I have two jobs now, a side hustle. We ain't getting back in that coat. Okay, mm-mm. that makes sense, We though. just size up now. That's fine, that's yeah, fine. Mm-mm. But that's pretty much all that happened in SoCorn IG, which was, has been long. Like, I didn't expect it to go like this, but that's what happens when you're talking to your bestie, so... 
I'm trash, y'all. Sorry. I know this is a more intellectual show, but this is like the trashy episode. No, no, no. This is not. This is like, (laughs) this is a really what it is episode. Well, I do not know what you all will be drinking come cuffing season 2019 that is currently upon us. But for those long, lonely winter nights where he lied and said he was coming over and he did not. Make sure that you have Cavassier VSOP to ease the pain. It kept us posted in the summertime, and it'll definitely be here for the wintertime with that smooth, velvety taste that we all love. So make sure whatever you are drinking, that it is Cavassier VSOP. And now back to Joy Has Questions. Yeah. Um, moving right along into my favorite segment. So I have a question. I am ridiculously proud of this young man. I, he drives me nuts because sometimes I'm like, will you please give yourself credit for how bad you are? Like, you are fucking cold. Um, oh, and so Lord. he even one day was like, well, I just want to see how you do your podcast. So now you do. You get to see how I do mm-hmm. my podcast because you're on it. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to ask you, like, even from the health perspective, mm-hmm. when I met you, you know, you were super sweetheart, definitely already one of my besties, besties. Oh, girl, I was so fat. Oh. oh, God, here we go. No, but you were definitely a different size, right? So what brought you to that space of being like, look, let me stop fucking around and playing these stunts and games and try and get my health together? So there was two coming to Jesus moments. I had turned 24. And so I have a pre-existing heart condition. It's called coarctation of the aortic valve, which is long drawn out just to say your aortic valve is the main valve that's in your heart. It's the valve that controls blood flow and how blood gets to your brain and your other organs, yada, yada, yada. Everyone else's is like the size of, let's say, a McDonald's straw, right? That's how normal valves should look in in in, in size and and be operational. Mine looks like the straw that you get from the Capri Sun. Oh wow, yours is narrow. It, yours is smaller. Yeah, it's it's narrow. So that means my body has to work harder to get blood to the main organs. Thus, me having high blood pressure since I was nine years old because I was born with my valve being small. And so all the excess excess weight and, you know, the unhealthy diet. And then, like, I went through points of binge eating, emotional eating. So all this led to me being almost 400 pounds at 24. And everybody says this, and it just makes me cringe. But you were so tall, bitch. I was tall and unhealthy. I'm 6'2", by the way. And... My cardiologist, God bless Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Agawala, he is an Indian man. He is short in stature, but he don't fuck around with the fuck around. He told me, uh, do you want to sacrifice your life for the taste of a Dorito? Bitch, I looked around. I said, who are you talking to? Is yeah. this a brother? <laughs> Hitler, can you speak to me like this? I was like, and my mom is sitting in the corner like... <laughs> <laughs> Tried the devil. Oh, that's the worst. I when, tried the when they get the validation. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Alright. Right. You know, I, I do this thing where I push my invisible wig back behind my ears. Like, okay, I'm getting my shit together. <laughs> you know? And um start, you know, 
one day at a time, we have a little crappy ass. I, I walk past it the other day and I go, wow, we have this like really crappy gym in the building that I live in. And it's like old. It, I think it's legit old equipment that the property manager didn't want in her basement anymore. And she said, well, y'all niggas need a gym here. It's the bow flex that don't flex. It is a treadmill where. I swear, I think it's like it's set up to kill you. It's, <laughs> it's like the, the shit that the girls practice on in the horror movies to fall and get killed on. Oh my god! The elliptical, oh girl, the stationary bike. I just knew I had lost the testicle one day. It's just <laughs> not with the shades. <laughs> anyway, um, I, but I say all that to say I lost my first seventy pounds down there. And so my fitness pal at shout out to Jawbone, they no longer exist. Oh, they don't. But they used to make this thing. It was like the first coming of the Apple Watch called the Up Band. And Chad, my older sister, baby daddy, used to work. Yeah, you got to say it like that because they live in the South, baby daddy, uh, <laughs> Jordan daddy. Uh, <laughs> he used to work there, and so he got he got me one for Christmas. I was like, and. I've never told him this, and I'm going to send him this episode just so he knows he helped save my life by giving me that that up band. Wow. Because I I was in the process of losing weight, but like Chad is this big swole cock diesel nigga. He looked like a G.I. Joe by the neck. He got these big I said, I want to look like that. I ain't never do that though, because you know, he lift like cows and shit. I can't do that. Right. But that band, it gave me something to do every day. Like, oh, I want to count my steps. Oh, I want to move. We would do these move competitions, and like, I got so much joy out of beating him because Chad is a, 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 a person who's very much about physical and being healthy and stuff. So it's like, okay, I'm keeping up with him, right? So that gave me, you know, the one point. And then the second one is I'm homosexual. Um, I like clothes. Uh, this is gonna sound so bad, but it's true. I'm keeping it honest. They don't cut fat back then. They don't. I've seen some fly fat boys now, but back then you wanted to look cute. You had to drop the lbs. It was just that simple. H and M stopped at a size large back in the day. The biggest waist size you can get out of there was a 36. I was a 44 4XL t-shirt. I didn't know what a button-up was. Me in a button-up and a pair of slacks, you just, I look like the the nutty professor. Like, it just, it was just not the move. And so I've always been a person who's always been into fashion. I know, cliche, gay boy moment. But no, like, I, the architecture behind it, you know, what inspired Alexander McQueen to use skulls in in the uh, catacombs for France, for for his spring motif. You know, shit like that. That community is not welcoming to fat people. Neither are the gays. Gay, old child being gay and fat and black is a, is a, is a one, two, three combo that it, I mean, you see what's happening with Jesse Smollett. And he, yeah. He's an acceptable oh, gay. Girl, that's we're not gonna speak on that. Because okay. I heard some tea. But anyway, um, I digress. When you and then like around that time, I was like, oh, you know, I want to start dating. I want, you know, I want started dating. We still ain't figured it out at thirty. But anyway, me neither. Um, 
that community is not accepting of fat people. I don't know why it is. There's a lot of fat shaming and body shaming amongst gay men. I'm not even just going to single out black men. But in the gay community, it's a very... You have to look a certain way. Well, I mean, I think about it in terms of the descriptors. Are you an otter? Are you a bear? Are you a... a a giraffe like all these other, and I'm just like what is what this box is that? like what the fuck is are that? you a good person that I could fall in love with should be the descriptor not do I look like a Bernstein bear and it, it and and you would think that and I too even now losing weight and have gained weight because I've gained 30 pounds I still have to check myself like are you telling this person no because they don't look a particular way? Or are you telling this person no because you don't think personality-wise? The chemistry. Chemistry. <laughs> are you going to work out? So it's a lot of that. So that all led me to this weight loss journey and, you know, trying to get healthy. So, you know, a lot of it was getting healthy for the right reasons. And a lot of it was, oh, once I lose weight... This is going to happen. And it didn't. I mean, I think that's an amazing <coughs> thing. And, and even just transparency, you know, like, that's the issue I always have. Like, whenever we're talking, it's like, I had to get to a space of, like, sis, just because you might be a size that maybe you may not like doesn't mean that you still ain't a boss-ass, badass bitch. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're a bad woman or that there's something in you that's less than, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something you definitely have to take into consideration but i love the transparency of like all my friends for the most part who i've talked to when they started working out it was based on the fact of like i ain't even gonna lie i just wanted to be cute and thought about some better looking clothes Mm -hmm. and then it became something that was deeper for me like even if it was a health situation like just being honest about what really made you want to change there was this one particular guy who i thought okay bitch once i lose the weight i get my situation together he gonna be mad because i thought i Child, I thought he was the finest thing on walking this earth. And I'm not going to shame him because he didn't want the kid. He's still fine. Mm-hmm. But it took it took him rejecting me in the very public way that he did. Oh, no, not that. Not oh, him. I was actually like, no. Oh, no, because I was already fine when that happened. He oh, was just the, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> trash-ass male Pisces. Just, just anyway. Um, it took this person you know, really dogging me out because I remember having this conversation when I came back when I was like, oh, you know, I'm in the gym like you now. And he was like, yeah, but you still don't look good. Like, you still not. I was just like, damn, I'm lifting weights. I lost all this, you know, fat, you know, skin all clear because let's not get it twisted. I had a run where, you know, girls thought I was out here using proactive and bleaching. It was good. <laughs> crest white strips he still didn't want me and I had to realize I gotta want myself Mm -hmm. and Hmm. you got to love yourself before you know you get out in this world and thinking this man or this woman or whoever you identify as is gonna validate you that is gonna set your ass up for the okie doke you are going to be in the corner rocking back and forth or how my ass was two summers ago at the Mary J. Blige concert fuck that nigga you can't do that. Having complete breakdowns you of people can't like, do that. what is wrong? You can't do that because you are looking for validation in this man. And then for me, it, it was like, okay, I couldn't find validation in this man. I started trying to find, uh, try, trying to find validation in things. 
So I ran my credit cards up, buying things that I thought, okay, this is going to make me acceptable. This is mm-hmm. going to make me look good. This is going to make me look like I have clout. When all it's making it look like you're, you're an asshole who spent this much on shoes and clothes, right? Right. Don't get it twisted. I still love my fashions. But I'm not buying these things now because I'm like, okay, this is going to make a good IG moment. Granted, I never did buy things for that. So scratch that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. it's, you know, it's, the mentality is like, right. keeping it's, up it's with the process. Joneses. It's a process. So, you know, me gaining this 30 pounds, would I like it off of me tomorrow if I woke up? Hell yes. I have these Ralph Lauren slacks that with a white button down. I'm killing the game, but guess what? Them shits don't <laughs> zip up right now. Exactly. And that's okay. Because one, I paid $140 for them. They ain't going in the garbage. <laughs> that ain't a Poshmark, that's, oh, oh, girl. <laughs> and two, it's okay. You, I, I had to tell myself this, that this weight loss thing, because I always tell myself, I'm a fat kid for life. That's just never going to change. I'm a fatty for life. But what I, I, I gave myself the permission to understand is that this is a, a journey. And mm-hmm. as corny as it sounds, journeys don't ever stop. Journeys don't have a final end goal destination. You're always going to be on it. Ooh, don't have me testifying up in this bitch, even, even with my career, right? Like, I'm 30 years old, but I'm just now getting a footing on, like, you can't tell me shit about PR. I live and breathe this shit. As a matter of fact, when I leave here, I'm going home. So, because there's things, you know, going on in my head. Like, okay, this would be good for our client. This would be good for X, Y, Z. So, I think it's one of those things of going back to the whole weight loss thing. You just have to walk in your purpose. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it right every day. There's things that I wake up with in the morning. I'm like. <sighs> Bitch, draw the curtains. Yeah. I'm not taking any calls. I am out of office I am out mentally. Of office. Phone is on D and D. Leave me alone. Which I must say I'm so happy as of late. It has been ringing. Right? I've been like, <laughs> my, my God, I have a chance to talk to him. <laughs> I have a voicemail greeting. Ah! Progress. Growth. <laughs> <laughs> not the ASMR. No, um, but that is something that I've always admired about you is your resilience. And even at your most snatched, you were never like judgy or like, get it together, bitches. Like, no, because, uh, hell, that I remember one particular summer of my ultimate snatchness. I was running around chasing some thick ass nigga from Gary, Indiana. So, you know, I do remember him. Oh, with the, oh. The one that was supposed to come over and then like didn't he have like a kid or something? No, I know who you're talking about. He's dead to me. Oh God, but I was like, sweet Jesus. Like, not physically. Okay, to you. To me. Got it. To me. You know, he might as well <gasps> just be dead in these streets. No, but the other one, uh, we're gonna call him R.S. because those are his initials and I don't want to be sued for liable. <laughs> um, True, because I definitely will smooth that over. I don't have it. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's trash, but you know, all those situations, right? Like, I think I walked away learning something. And, and our friend Amanda, God bless her, you know, she's the Ayana of our group. When all I really want to do is 
be on some Cardi B shit and, you know, f- fuck these niggas. But she's like, hun, babe. <laughs> right. What are you feeling inside? Where, what is this stemming from? Like, you know, talk to me. Talk to me. Let's talk this through. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, can I, bitch, be patty with me. Right. Be patty. Anyway, that's what we, that's, the, that's what I call my Keisha for. She lets me live in my patty. But anyway, uh, Amanda wants to like dig deep. And I'm like, oh, girl. No, no. I call Zoe or my Keisha or Corey when I'm just, but. Corey gets me together too because he's that damn analytical ass Virgo. Yeah. I was calling him Vent and he was like, but What did you do? In this he was situation? like, Well, did he really owe you that? I'm like, <gasps> I don't give a fuck if he owed it. It's how I felt. You're on his side? <laughs> exactly. Fuck you. Right. Um, where am I going with this tangent? Yes. So, it's all a journey. <laughs> Baby, I don't know how you gonna edit this and put it together, but it's all a journey. <laughs> I like the free association of you because I think that's the thing. Like that's truly us just talking as like friends, you know? Yeah, because like, you know you've been here to see all of my like guy troubles or you know mental anguish or school driving mm-hmm. me nuts or work breaking me down or family shit or white people. Yeah, that or people texting me talking about some damn ditto, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, I don't mind the free association at all. I feel like, if anything, I'm just like, we can't use that word anymore. I, it's really ruined it's for me. It really is ruined for it's me. Somebody says ditto to me, I'm gonna punch them in they fucking throat. I might have to break out my old albuterol and halo because that is just. I was like, huh. Well, for mine, it's moccasin. And I'll tell you know. Moccasin? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk because I can't put all my family tea out there. But mine's is moccasin and we'll just have to. We'll, Leave it at that. We'll talk. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I definitely just wanted to have like this brief convo with you in the sense of like. Actually, I did want to know more one thing. In terms of, like, PR, especially, like, in social media, Mm -hmm. how do you base it, you know, in terms of, like, if you were talking to a client or helping them get their brand together? Because now everyone just thinks I'm going to put out two videos. Will Smith going to see it. He going to repost and be a bad bitch forever. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how that works, sis. So what I love about PR is that PR is still earned for the most part. Anything outside of that... You start dibbling into like the the sponsorships or you know paid posts or paid engagement, which then I always lump into advertising because mm-hmm. that's what it is. Earned media, however, is I've cultivated these relationships, right? You know, people think it's so easy putting together a media list, but like a client that I'm currently working on, we are trying to get this breakfast program launched and you know it's news to us but is it going to be news to the outlets that we pitch it to why do we care about your new breakfast what's so amazing about this new breakfast right exactly it's breakfast it's breakfast now it's easy to say we have a hundred thousand dollar budget allocated to this okay cool we could pay refinery 29 we can pay buzzfeed we can pay AOL to run all the sponsor content, right? And, you know, yeah, it'll get seen by eyeballs, but the difference between those paid impressions versus the ones that were earned, 
you get, in my opinion, you get a little more mileage because in earned media, your consumer today reading stuff, we read with such a jaded, like, slant to things now because we all know about partnerships and, you know, this is a paid post. Exactly. And we read these things and go, she ain't really use that shampoo. Right. He ain't using that, that little, what is that little laser thing with the, the white? Oh, the white, the teeth whitener thing. Like, I saw one of the real housewives little girl, she's, she's an adult, Noelle, Cynthia's daughter. She's now using Proactive, I think. And, I mean, I ain't never met the child, but I was, you look like you got clear skin to me. Mm-hmm. That's a paid partnership versus if I find out, like, um, give me an example. If I find out Latoya Luckett really loves Cherry 7-Up and I send her some Cherry 7-Up and she happens to post about it, we didn't pay her. That's earned because we researched it. We cultivated a relationship with probably right. her PR person or whoever, her handler. And that's how we got that post, right? So PR is all about playing in the earned space. And earn is, to me, so much more fulfilling because when I worked on the advertising side, I worked with one of the biggest clients. I'm going to say because I no longer work there. I was on the Nickelodeon team the amount of money that we had to play with was sickening. We One show, Double Dare, we spent so much money trying to get that off of the ground with buying ad space on Bing, Google, Instagram. I mean, we spent so much money and the return was... Minimal. Was very minimal because people aren't watching especially kids kids are not watching tv anymore tv is almost a damn medium at this point i literally can't (laughs) everything i'm watching comes from like netflix and hulu yeah so and kids are no longer like our generation where we had these tadpole events where we had to go home and watch them live because we had no other way to catch them that doesn't exist anymore with DVR. My four-year-old nephew, I don't even have traditional cable. I have direct TV now, which is like a streaming service. He showed me how to use the DVR on that because he did not want to miss the new episode of uh, PJ Mask. Wow. So Because this child was like, get it together, Uncle Josh. Yeah. You're fucking up. It's, it's essentially what he told me. Shout out to Rod and Badass. <laughs> anyway. Um, and Jace. And Renaya and Jordan. Hey, everybody's covered. Everybody, a tribe called Quest. Uh, so, our media, and you know, people always say it's dying, it's dying. No, it's not. Our media is alive and well, baby. And I think for the influencers who, you know, look at my post, look at my post, look at my post. Okay, cool. Yeah, you have 100,000 followers, but what does your engagement look like? That's what drives me nuts all the time. And that's I have what the earned, followers. And that's what earned media is. It's engaging. We're engaging with the people that we touch with these stories. Uh, one of my biggest stories that I landed ended up in USA Today. USA Today gets seen by, I think, what are the UMVs on that? I want to say 30 million. We didn't pay to get into USA Today, and USA Today has plenty of paid right. sponsorships, right? <laughs> and the difference is, is that 
now I have this contact there who just isn't an AM who's looking to sell ad space. I have a person there who's going to write a story about it because they know that their audience cares about this, right? If it's like pancake syrup and we're trying to get this new keto-friendly pancake syrup launched, I'm going to pitch this to Men's Health. I'm going to pitch this to Refinery29, Bustle, uh, Bumble. Like, not Bumble, Lord God. Uh, anyway, not Bumble. That's a day nap. Anyway. Like, uh, wrong, wrong situation. Right. Um, bustle is what I was trying to say. There's somebody there who cares about that because there's somebody who's writing about health and, and, and wellness. Whereas I can send them a truckload of that syrup over there, do a pancake breakfast demo, and say, hey, I got $25,000 in this duffel bag. Write something real pretty about it. And we want guaranteed impressions. That doesn't, in my opinion, that's not rememberable. That's not something that people are going to recall. Resonate with, yeah. Whereas the agency that I'm with now, they are doing something so freaking fantastic with this fast food giant that it's literally making news every day. And it's positive news because we all know that that fast food is like QSRs are just dying off. That's quick service restaurants. Yeah. People our age are cooking. That's why these meal kits are, are, are popping up and just so readily I mean, available. if you got Jay-Z and Beyonce telling to get everybody to go vegan, who the fuck is going to KFC? Exactly. But our agency found a way to make them relevant again. And it's just so inspiring to see them getting earned media. Not we had to pay to be a part of this segment. But people are involved. People are them. involved. And this is a, a 40-year-old brand, I believe. Oh, wow. And so it's like... And, and, and this brand, they add new items every now and again. But we're getting new engagement off of a old, a old sandwich that's been a part of Americana since forever. Right. We haven't changed anything about it. We haven't added this new spicy sriracha mayo. We haven't done none of that. <laughs> that is everyone's go to when they try to. Oh yeah. But it, um, our new cheddar ranch. <laughs> like what bitch? Anybody want this on a biscuit? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You um, know. So, I think my takeaway is I will tell people even in ad, ad space and marketing because child marketers are the worst. They don't know what PR does. Like, well. Can't we just buy something? No. No. No, that's not how that works. I would say I would love for influencers not to take for granted what PR could do for them. I look at what... I think his name is Leland. I could be mistaken. What he has done for the careers of Blame It On K-Way and Lala. I think they share the same publicist. Cardi B's publicist, she didn't even know what she was doing. She didn't go to school for that, but she's been figuring it out along the way. Amazing. Even the negative press that comes out about Cardi B, because I mean, Cardi B brand can do that. Everybody can't do that. Please don't do that. Her publicist has found amazing opportunities in that. I mean, even when it comes to the engagement, she is now the number one she got a million likes in like 40 minutes, yeah. which just made her like the most engaged. She beat Beyonce. Social media yeah. rapper, yeah. Yeah. Beyonce posting those twins down near broke Instagram server. And I think Cardi B did the same thing when she put the picture up of culture. So, you know, yeah, you have likes, you have people, you know, whatever, but what is your engagement? Engagement sells more than likes. True. 
And so that would be my it one takeaway. Because the conversation. Yeah, because I mean, how many of these influencers get exposed on a weekly basis for buying followers? You have a million followers, but you only have 10 comments on your post. I'm not going to call out any names, but we know a few people. Miss Nikki Babies at times concerns me ever so slightly. Oh, you're talking about little T-Rex hands. Okay. On that note, thank you so much, um, Josh, for coming in. Uh, major takeaway, PR works. <laughs> um, PR works if you work it. True. Uh, yeah, I title PR works if you work it um, but no thank you so much love for coming on the show especially for doing this at this time super thankful for having you on I am super quick gonna move into my motivational message this week which is um check your entitlement when it comes to business Ooh. and I said what I said I, I fucking mean what I say check your entitlement when it comes to business I don't give a fuck about what you then did, who you worked with, who mm. sponsored you, mm. who invited you where, how many trips you got to take for this, mm. what your, you know, your track record is, mm. how you think somebody else should be moving. Mind the business that pays you. Mm. Because I think one thing that I have really noticed that I find with especially millennial business people or people in general, maybe it's a Chicago thing, I don't know, but there's this air of entitlement in the sense of like, if you are providing me a service or if it's a vendor relationship or maybe something that may not be an established like investor or whatever, whatever the framework is, <coughs> stop taking so many leeways to think that you can just like readily tell somebody else how to run their shit. Because golden rule, if you would not take kindly to somebody telling you how to run your shit or somebody telling you your page is busy as fuck. You got a lot of things going on. I don't know what your page. You know, like if you wouldn't like somebody like saying things like that to you, Mm -hmm. then be careful about what you say to somebody Mm -hmm. else because it's not your place. Like no one has to check in with you on their, how they conduct their business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I've even had to learn from myself just in the fact of like, expectations that I have had from people or it's like personal or professional. It's like, when did that conversation happen to give me that thought process that I could just jump off this cliff and say what the fuck I wanted, even if I agree with it or not. Now I understand in business, we have to handle things like professional young men and women. And I'm like, everyone has that moment where maybe it's like, okay, you messed up and we can come back. Mm -hmm. But some bit, not every business relationship needs to happen. Some don't. And I think when it comes to those moments of how people respond in situations that they might not feel necessarily benefit (laughs) them, that's when it really is more so like, oh, okay. So now yo, you know, Victoria's Secrets are all crumpled up in a corner somewhere (laughs) because you're not getting your way necessarily. And that's something for me that I'm like, when I see that happens, it's not fucking acceptable. It's not okay. In actuality, you therefore are not the one that's being professional as you try and project that onto somebody else. Can I ask something? Yes. Uh, To piggyback (laughs) off that, and this is just for business and just as a personal take all that I just try to keep in the back of my head. Charge and know what you're worth. Because there are people who... I have a cousin who's launching a t-shirt business. And I came to her and I said, I want this image on a t-shirt. I never said, how much are you going to charge me? Mm-hmm. I let her come back with her prices. I agreed to them. 
She sent me the PayPal invoice. I paid it. Simple as that. I never went back and forth with her on $30. I never did that because why? I'm a person who, if I, if, if I reach out to you to render a service and you say these are my prices and this is my price point and I know you do quality work, why am I going to negate that? We don't go, and I hate because I got this from a hotel, but it was so true. <laughs> we do not go in Gucci and try to negotiate for a Soho bag or those slides who... I'm not going to be like, 1850 fit is never full. Yes. It's not, it's canvas. Or but those, you're going to pay it. Or those slides who, can we stop wearing those? Thank you. We don't negotiate on stuff like that, right? So when it comes to, and again, a hotel said it, but I find myself agreeing with it. I mean, a broke clock is right twice a day. Exactly. Or as Jay-Z says, even a steak, even a garbage can gets a steak. But anyway, um... Why is it that we always find, because you saying all that just brought up this point to me, we always find ourselves trying to negotiate or finagle or do shortcuts when it comes to doing business with each other. And I say each other, I mean black folk, right? I am not, my cousin, my other cousin has a clothing line where she, you know, deconstructs sweatshirts and stuff like that. I'm not going to go to her and say, hey, I have $15, what can you do with it? No, you respect people's business and time and resources and energy. It's the manner in which you step to the person. Cause I've even at times seen some, maybe I've seen someone or I'm like, <coughs> Oh, they might be a little North of what I can do, but I've at least reached out to them and be like, well, can we talk for a consultation? Yeah. And then from there, and then I still have been able to conduct my business with them. So it's not but even, see, you respected them enough. Right. But I definitely didn't hit them with the, <coughs> What made you think this was cool? Why'd right. you do it this way? Wait, I gotta do what? I'm like, have you lost your cotton picking mind? Like, that's just what I don't like and ultimately what I don't respect and what to me makes you therefore look like the bad business person, not the person that you actually are trying to get an attitude with. I really want us and, and I'm actually, I'm calm. I'm not saying this on no shady shit. I really want everyone to win and whatever your business goals are, I want you to fulfill them. But I'm like, also, Really think about the message that you are putting out there. Because the thing is, this city talks. Everyone talks. So the thing is, like, if you're putting out on a public persona that you got the keys to the kingdom and that you are just so accomplished and, bitch, I'm on one step away from doing Michelle Obama's marketing. And if that's, like, where <laughs> you're at and I'm like, fine, then make sure that on the back end, on things that maybe not everyone might know about, that things that you clearly aren't having an attitude over certain things. Because that doesn't match. Yeah, yeah. And that to me is just like, maybe stop working so hard on like the brand image and actually just doing the work for yeah. the brand. And having, like you said, having that engagement <coughs> or whatever it is that you represent clearly shine through. Yeah. Because there's no <coughs> way in hell that I would ever come to somebody else and tell them, if I am not an investor co-partner if my name ain't on that llc s corp ceo element okay whatever the fuck like if i am not a part of that is all you have jumped off a cliff and that's just not necessarily a route that you should take in business because in my humble opinion everybody wants to have a brand or, or brand image or a brand persona but no one actually has equity of their brand and when i mean equity not just money poured into it but like you have a solid business and brand practice in place no one ever talks about that everyone wants these glossy photo shoots and a a 
popping as social media presence, but what's the equity behind it? Have you put thought into what you're doing? Because you can take Nike, you can take Adidas, you can take Puma, you can take Reebok. They all have different brand equities. They all have one thing in common, sportswear and shoes. But you say Nike, just do it. You say Adidas, you think Yeezy, Kanye, whoever. They all have different brand equity. And a lot of people, you can ask them, what is your brand? The the the, the fire uh, documentary. They ask oh, those. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's all about spreading love and positivity. It's not a brand. That's, that's not an ideology. A brand. Yeah. That's a thought. So I, I my takeaway is have equity behind that image. Have something. And stop talking so much if somebody's trying to do what they need to do to build equity in their own. Yeah. Like, you don't have, you get to have a say in how they feel they should conduct their business. Yep. And if it's not the way that you would do it necessarily, guess what? You don't have to do business with, with them. them. Uh, so that's the, the takeaway that I have for my motivational message. If I could wrap this up nicely, uh, do unto others as you want done unto yourself. And don't talk to people in a way that you wouldn't want them talking to you, especially if it's something that you really give a fuck about and that you're trying to elevate and and you know, invest time, money, effort, blood, sweat, tears, sleep, all that shit into. Um, that's all I have to say. I hope everyone has an amazing Monday. Um, your girl currently will be out for business traveling, but yeah, we about to get right back to it the following Sunday. Thank you so much, my love, for coming on the show. And this has been another amazing episode of Joy Has Questions. Bye! Yay. <laughs> <laughs>